Well, we're uh, finishing up our series, Out of Control, and uh, this is all about uh, just talking about the issue of control because it is a big issue. We, we all want control, uh, the, but what do you do when tensions rise, when stress increases in, in your life, when... Uh, worry begins to grow and anxiety kind of invades and things feel like they're out of control. And so I want to ask just a few questions before we jump in and finish up things today. And I just ask you, look at the world. When you look at the world, how many of you would say, that there's an unhealthy amount of anger and frustration in the world. How many of you would say that society at times seems a bit crazy? (laughs) I mean, as you watch the news and social media and you listen to people, how many of you would say that there are a lot of inconsistencies and hypocrisy in the world? I'm going to wear you out. It's aerobics today. So, How many of you would say, just a quick assessment, things seem like they're a little bit out of control? All right. Totally, I heard. (laughs) I've said through this that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how out of control things may be, As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called by God to be obedient and faithful. We're called to be a light shining in this world, always pointing people to Jesus Christ with what we do and what we say. And today I'm going to invite you one more time to just kind of step back from the craziness and reset your heart, because as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can be faithful no matter what the future holds. And you do not have to understand everything to obey God in your life. Scripture says this, John writes, he says the word, and the word, he's talking about Jesus here. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of what? Grace and truth, all right? If Jesus came to this world full of grace and truth, then it makes sense as followers of Jesus Christ that we should be full of grace and truth. And I want to suggest to you that we're a little unwell here. We do not get this right a lot of times. The fact is, we're to reflect grace and truth of Jesus Christ in our life. We are living in a broken world, a divided world. We're living in a culture that is becoming more confused, more self-centered, a culture that is further away from God than ever. And I hope and pray that God gives us wisdom and the strength to be a uniting force in this world, to help us... uh, shine, you know, brighter and brighter in this world, that God would give us that strength. You know, for years, uh, our country has been known as a Christian nation. 
You know, God bless America. One nation under God. Even our money says what? In God we trust. But sadly, things are changing. And in fact, a growing number of Americans no longer identify as Christian. They, and I understand there have always been people of other faiths. There have always been people who would say, oh, I'm agnostic or I'm an atheist. That's always been the case. But the growing portion of our society now identifies as what's known as post-Christian. And a post-Christian is someone who has had some connection with Christianity in their lives. They may have been baptized into the church or confirmed. Uh, They may have attended church uh, when they were young or uh, a Christian school. But they've chosen to step away from it and reject it. All right? It's not that they don't know who Jesus is. They just don't care anymore. They don't see value in it, which should be alarming. As a nation, there's been a seismic shift especially in the last decade. Christianity is no longer the center. It's become more of a fringe. And to make matters worse, the Christian faith is often seen as a negative to the world rather than a positive. It's actually considered a threat by some in society. Just the term Christianity is viewed differently now than it was a decade ago. You know, some describe Christians and they would say hateful, bigoted, judgmental, hypocrites, even perceived as dangerous by some. So Christ followers, and this is where we're going with this, how do we faithfully represent Jesus Christ in a post-Christian culture? I mean, how do we faithfully represent Jesus Christ in a culture that is becoming more uh, hostile toward God? How do we faithfully represent Jesus Christ in a way that honors God and treats people with love and dignity at the same time? You know, how do we do that in a world that's divided, when chaos and confusion are growing, how do we represent Jesus Christ the way we're supposed to? See, I believe the world needs a united church and that we are to shine in this world. You know, Jesus said it this way. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, it doesn't matter how out of control things may seem. doesn't matter who's holding the office. doesn't matter what, what the economy is doing. doesn't matter what people are saying. It does not matter what's being posted on social media. Our mission is the same as it's always been, and that's to be obedient and faithful to God and to be a light in this world and point people to Jesus. You know, we are called to live in love with grace and truth. 
You know, Scripture says, we're going to read it again, the Word became flesh, Jesus became flesh, made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, I'm going to ask you again, full of what? Grace and truth, and we're going to keep coming back to that. That word uh, full, it's uh, play race in the, in the Greek, and it means filled to the brim, you know, to uh, be completely and totally full. So, so picture a, a glass that's filled to the top. Have you ever filled a glass so full you can't move it? You jiggle it, and, and what happens? It overflows. That's the idea here. You can't get close to Jesus. It's not possible without his grace and truth overflowing into your life. And what I'm suggesting is the same thing should be true of you. That when people get close to you in any way, that you should overflow with grace and truth. Ryan, I mean, it's talking about you. You're to be that kind of person. You know, with, with, if, if we don't have that, well, we're in trouble. We're unwell. It's not good. You should overflow with grace and truth. You, you should be so full, play race, that anybody gets near you, connects with you, talks with you, interacts with you, that you affect their life with grace and truth. You know, why does it matter? Well, grace matters because grace saves. And truth matters because it sets us free in our lives. But oftentimes, as followers of Jesus Christ, our tendency is to live out our faith in one of two extremes. Either the extreme side of truth or the extreme side of grace. It is not one or the other. It's both of them. Truth and grace. Truth is great, isn't it? Truth will set you free. Truth will allow you to look at something and see it the way it really is. In other words, truth is powerful, very powerful. But for some Christians, they're all about truth. Truth's all that matters. And what happens when truth is all that matters, you become legalistic out of touch, judgmental. And when truth is all that matters, being right is the only objective in life. Now, the other side is all grace. Oh, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. Oh, we're all sinners, so do what you want. Who am I to judge? And there's this sense of all grace, no truth. You know, it, it jams us up. It, it creates a problem. It doesn't matter which one you lean heavy on. 
it's problematic. In fact, I would say it's a big problem. Because truth without grace creates rebellion and anger. If it's just truth, there's no empathy, there's no understanding, there's no love, and there's no grace. And people reject it and rebel against it. I mean, you show me a legalistic home, and almost always you will have rebellious children. Show me a family that's all about rules, religion, instead of a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I will show you children that cannot get away quick enough. You show me a legalistic church, and I will show you a place where people get hurt. I will show you a place that causes a lot of damage in people's lives. I'll show you a place that if you hang out there long enough, you will get ruled out in due time. The other problem is all grace. No truth. Grace without truth leads to relativism. You've heard that term? I mean, what's relativism? Well, it's basically the idea that there is no absolute truth. And what it leads to is, hey, this is my truth, that's your truth. They're opposites, but it's okay, because it's your truth, my truth. You know, it leads to a place, it doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what you say, as long as you're, what? Happy. As long as you're happy. When it's all grace, no truth... It's about accepting anything and everything that comes along. No standard, no truth. It's just be accepting. Be accepting of everything. Which leads to something, and and I didn't know how quite to, to put this, but this is how I see it play out in the church, in the Christian community. It's faith with just a little bit of Jesus in our lives. You know, just a little bit of Jesus. So, so I can feel good about myself. You know, a little bit of Jesus. I mean, nothing challenging now. Nothing, nothing too deep. Just a little bit. But not so much that I'm going to grow in my faith. Just a little bit of Jesus. Just a little bit of God's word. I mean, not enough to equip you or convict you, or transform you, but just a little bit of God's Word. I mean, not so much of God's Word that, that you renew your mind, transform your life, just a little bit, just a little bit so we feel okay about ourselves. Christ followers, we are called to be like Jesus Christ, Full of grace and truth. Full of what? Grace and truth. Grace grace will save you. Truth will set you free in life. What is grace? Well, grace, it comes from the Greek word charis. Yeah. It means uh, undeserved kindness, favor, merit. It's, it's the kindness of God, the love of God, that will ultimately lead you to repentance in your life. 
It is not truth that will lead you to repentance. It is grace that leads you there. It's that undeserved love, knowing that God is paying attention to you. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. That it overwhelms you and you change your life. You know, Paul writes this. He says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, we're saved by grace. You cannot earn it. You can't do anything. You can't be good enough. It is a gift from God. Jesus came to this world, and he was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. It's interesting because grace comes first on the list when it's listed. I do not think that's an accident. You know, Scripture is always very intentional. I believe as followers of Jesus Christ that we are to lead with grace always. And then we proclaim truth. But we lead with grace. Now, I want to do something, see if we can kind of get a handle on this. What I want you to do, I want you to look at everybody in your row. Just look down the row. Go ahead. You know, uh, maybe the people in front of you, behind you, maybe wave at someone, smile. No judgment. Just, 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 just look around you for a minute. Who around you do you think needs the most Grace. No pointing. (laughs) Let's just do a hypothetical, all right? And I want to identify some people that you might be sitting around, all right? I mean, maybe there's a woman who struggles with jealousy in your row. You know, she talks about her friends uh, behind their back because she doesn't like the fact that they're, they got this or that. Or, or maybe, maybe there's a, a guy in your row, he's greedy, it's spilled into his work life, and, and so he steps over the line every now and then to close the deal, make another dollar. Maybe it's someone full of anger in their life. You know, they can't forgive a, a parent uh, for being overbearing or emotionally abusive. You know, maybe, maybe it's somebody that, that parties too much and they've done some really stupid stuff when, the, when they drink too much in their life. You know, or maybe it's someone that's been walking with Jesus for a long time. But when looking down the aisle, they go, yeah, they voted wrong. I do not like their behavior. Wow, they are weird, you know. They're just strange. They do not look right, you know. Who in your aisle needs grace? Maybe I need to flip the question. Do you need grace? Sometimes as followers of Jesus Christ, and I I hope this is by accident, but we're unwell. We do not get it right. We get it wrong. We want to put truth first and then grace. You know, you behave right. You believe right. 
then you can belong. And you can belong as long as you behave. But if you stop behaving, well, we're going to gossip about you. We'll call it prayer, but we're gossiping. But you can belong as long as you behave. That is not the gospel. It never has been. Jesus did not say, you know, change your life, get everything fixed, and then come follow me. No, Jesus over and over throughout scripture, he starts with an invitation and says, come follow me. And sometimes we get it wrong, and I want to suggest we need to adjust our thinking on this. We lead with grace. We always lead with grace. You know, I want Faith Fellowship to be a place where people belong before they believe. A safe place to belong before they they start behaving a certain way. It's grace that saves. It's grace that what? It saves. And I know as I say that, for some, they may be going, well, that sounds dangerous. I mean, people could do anything. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he actually uh, addresses the exact issue in Scripture and that, that challenge that's there. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning, doing whatever we want, saying whatever we want, so that grace may increase? He says, by no means, no. Here's the balance, grace and truth. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We lead with grace. We proclaim truth. And the challenge with truth And again, remember, this is a post-Christian world that we live in, and they're skeptical about truth. In fact, many would tell you that anyone that claims to know truth, they're arrogant at best, and they're dangerous at worst. We've got to get a grasp on this. See, truth, truth is protective. Truth is not repressive. Truth is it's freeing, it's liberating, it's life-giving. You know, you look back to the beginning, you know, Genesis, the Garden of Eden, and God creates Adam and Eve, and, and then he says, be fruitful and multiply. I mean, it's a great assignment from a loving God. But then God cautions. He says, I want you to enjoy the garden, but stay away from that tree, that one tree there. You cannot eat fruit from that tree. Because when you do, your eyes will be open, you will lose your innocence, and you will die. See, God wasn't limiting their fun. God was protecting them, keeping them from danger. You know, putting them in a position where they could be free to enjoy life. It was loving. It was freeing. It's life-changing. Truth is not a rule. No, truth is found in Jesus Christ, a person. 
Jesus said this. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you're, my real, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Set you free. See, grace saves, but truth will set you free. So if you think about the people sitting in your row, people at home, at work or school or maybe at the gym, who needs grace? Who needs truth? You know, think about the jealous woman. I want to say you're welcome here. You're loved. You belong here. But the truth is, envy will steal from you. It will corrode your spirit. You know, to the greedy guy, I want to say, you're loved, you're valued, you belong. But the truth is, greed will rob you and steal from you. It will cost you dearly in ways you never imagined. You know, that person that's unforgiving. You're loved. You're welcome here. You belong here. But the truth is, unforgiveness will diminish your strength. It it will slow you down in life. You know, that, that person that parties too much, you're loved, you're welcome here. You belong. But the truth is, only God can fill that emptiness that you're trying to fill, that you're, you're trying to escape from. The judgmental one, you're loved, you belong. But the truth is, pride often comes before the fall, oftentimes. There is healing and help and wholeness for all of us. It comes one way through relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, the last couple years, um, being a pastor has been challenging. I mean, it's, it's been challenging out there. Anyone agree with me? Yeah, I mean, global pandemic, uh, social unrest, yeah, heated elections, racial and political divisions. It, it has been a very complicated season, very, very challenging. And, and there have been times, you know, I kind of question my, my leadership. I'll be sitting at my desk and go, now what do we do? What's next, you know? But God's grace And God's love has sustained me, protected me, assured me, whispered in my ear, it'll be okay. And then then God keeps speaking truth into my spirit, you know, guiding me to to just life-changing truths in his word. And this is one that's been just a hallmark for me. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I I could put up probably a dozen scriptures that have God's just whispered and said, you need to tuck that one in your heart. Grace and truth. 
See, God is loving. God is encouraging. And then God, through the Holy Spirit, will point out a truth. Again, I could go on and on of examples of grace, God's grace, and then truth, and that balance that's needed in life. You know, Jesus came, and he was overflowing with grace and truth. Life-giving truth that's found in Jesus. Grace and truth. And just bottom line, we will lead with grace. We are followers of Jesus Christ, and we are called to lead with grace. You know, so whatever your hurt, whatever your baggage, whatever your sin, whatever your struggle, whatever your addiction is, you are welcome here. You are loved. You belong here. God has brought you here, and he's paying attention. But you should know, you'll also hear truth here. Truth that will set you free in life. And here's what I truly believe. I think if you see Jesus for who he really is, you'll want to follow Jesus. You'll hear that call and you go, yeah, I'm following. And as you experience God's love and God's grace... Over time, you open yourself up to God's truth. And then at some point, you give God control. See, control's a big issue. But I will tell you, the day I gave God full control, I quit sweating the small stuff. It was life-changing. It was liberating, and it was freeing. You, at some point, you've got to give God that control. Let, let, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you for who you are. And God, I pray that faith fellowship, that we would shine bright that we would just point people to you, Lord. And God, I pray that we would be people that we lead with grace always. Always grace. But that we wouldn't shy away from your truths. God, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom as... We become bright and shining in this community, in this world. May everything we say and do reflect good, nobly, and honor you. We would treat everyone with dignity and grace and love. God, help us to be the people you called us to be, you created us to be. God, thank you. that you love us so much, you're willing to just pour your spirit into our lives. God, may we give you control. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said, just allow this song to minister to you as we prepare for communion this morning.